Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Investors, as we all know, financing deals can be very challenging. If you are looking for funding for your next real estate transaction, we want to introduce you to Fund That Flip. Fund That Flip is a lender that gets you fast, affordable capital on your one to four unit projects, including single family rental and new construction. Ladies, we have known the founder, Matt, and his company for many years, and they are the real deal. So Andressa, where can they learn more? Ladies, if you're looking for great terms and reliable service, check out fundaflip.com backslash investor. Jan Copeland is a sales strategist, success coach, top real estate agent, and organizer of She's Unstoppable Live. She started with nothing as an agent, and in 2017, her personal production was over $25 million, and her team's total production was just under $40 million. On today's episode, we discuss a ton with Jan, including the biggest mistakes to avoid in sales, how to truly influence others, what you could do today to be successful, and how to get more done with time blocking. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her show. We're excited to have you back and want to welcome Jan to the show this week. Welcome. Thank you, ladies. Fun yeah. to be here. Yeah, excited to jump into to your story. You got a really amazing story. And uh, Andressa, as we, we like to do, we kind of like to get connected to what yeah. we're up to and empowering women investors and all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm reading a book. Uh-huh. And with you, actually, the, the, the it's called okay. <laughs> not with you, literally, like sitting together Sit reading together, a book. Drink some tea. That would be interesting if you were reading. The right. day, so that's what we do. So we're 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 but you know, uh, virtually reading a book together called the Code of Ex- the Extraordinary Mind, and you've been raving about this book forever, and I'm really enjoying it, and I'm I'm actually getting some a lot of different things from it, but one thing that he was talking about was parenting. Mm. And I just wanted to mention this because I know there's a lot of moms uh, and a lot of grandmoms listen, that listen to our show. So I think this would be a value because it's something that I have been doing wrong uh, amongst the many things I've been doing wrong as a mom. <laughs> but regardless, it, um, he basically goes through when, you're, when your child does something wrong, he basically says, I don't know if you remember this in the book, he basically yeah. says, you have to ask yourself, what beliefs do you want that child to walk away from? in that interaction. So in other words, they spill milk and you said, why did you do that? You know, or, or, you know, obviously why did you do anything you do? Because you wonder why a five-year-old does everything. That's what I am doing with my son. But instead of saying, why did you do this? He basically says, replace why with what? So what happened? What did you learn? What were the consequences? What will you do differently? And I'm like, wow, that is so I'm like, what a moron. I'm, I've been like, why did you hit your sister? You know, why, why do you do the crazy things you do as a five-year-old? He doesn't know. He doesn't have the mental capacity to, to tell, tell you. Well, mom, I'm really feeling a little anxious in this situation. <laughs> what do I want him to say? So I was like, what a moron. I've been saying that forever. So now I'm like, what happened, Zachary? What could we do differently? And he actually answered it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I just wanted to share that because uh, maybe I'm the last one to get that or even use that. But I'm like, this was powerful. And I, I got to oh. share this. <laughs> so yesterday I drove up to New Jersey and I was exactly on that chapter. And I was like, I bet Liz is going to 
talk about this. I'm dead serious. Oh my gosh. So in yesterday night, I was uh, playing with Lorenzo. We have this like big mattress. It's like a huge puzzle, right? And he was saying, oh, this is so hard. I was like, hey, buddy. I was thinking like, why? Why are you saying so hard? It's like, hey, let's make this easy. Okay, so we made like a, 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 a music out of it. And we were like jumping around, like nothing is hard. Everything is easy, something like that. And oh, that's cute. Just like, and I was like, nothing is hard, right? We just need to figure it out, an easy way to do it. He's like, yeah, mommy, we got this. Oh. And I was like, all right, God help me that I keep that yeah. in my mind in every single situation because that's what I want to get out of it. But even more than the children, I'm sure you see this, Jan, we're going to jump into Jan's awesome story here in a moment, but I'm sure we all experience, I often will ask myself, I did it the other day, like, why is this happening? Right? Right. Why is the fill in the blank happening? Whatever challenges we're all experiencing. And it's like, that's not going to get us to what we want. It's like, it's like a, it's like a never ending cycle. It's like, you know, what happened? What can I learn from it? What were the consequences? And what, what am I going to do different? The same exact questions I'm going to ask my five-year-old, same I'm going to ask myself and I'm 40, you know? So, you know, it just gives you perspective. So anyway, just wanted to share that with, with I think yeah. Awesome. I just want to share, my son is Zachary and Zachary, oh. any kid with that name is going to give you a run for their money. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that. Very independent, right? Yeah, is your son yeah. independent? Yes, he Funny. is. He has his own mind, and he's a freshman in college, and it's neat seeing him blossom. It really is. Wow. Oh, that's really cool. Well, without further ado, Jan, we, we love to ask our guests when you know, they come on the show and we kind of get things moving. What compelled you, you know, to get into this business of real estate? And, and I know for you, you, you've done some investments, you have a huge experience in, as an agent and growing a team, marketing, all that good stuff. So for you, what compelled you to make that shift into actually the real estate, you know, industry? Well, um, it was because of my husband. And um, I think before we started taping, I told you that I was a single mom. I was a single mom for seven years and all of that time from the day after I graduated college until, until I decided to marry my now husband, um, I was in corporate and I was in corporate sales, outside sales. Then I was being groomed for a regional VP. And so then I learned the marketing side at headquarters and things like that. And then when I had my Zachary, we were just talking about Zachary's, right? When I had my Zachary, um, we lived in Northern Virginia, which is a DC suburb and the price you know, the cost of living there is exorbitant. It's like insane. Right. Mm. And so my husband, you know, I was like, honey, you know, I have to make money, you know, we need some help. Um, don't you think it would be better if I put my experience to use? And he said, no, I want you to be a stay at home. Well then, um, I don't know, a year or two later, he goes, you know what, Jan, you're obsessed with HGTV. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you know, you, you want to do this investing in real estate flip houses, et cetera. He's like, go get your real estate license. And at the time we were in debt, tens of thousands of dollars. And so when I decided to get my real estate license, it wasn't like, I'm going to dabble. It was like, man, I am going in. Mm. And, um, this will be successful. That's how I got into it. And I have Mm. to be successful. I'm like, Mm -hmm. there's no way that I can't be. Mm -hmm. And so within a year, I was doing well. And, um, you know, anyway, I have a whole story as to how, how I kind of kicked off my real estate career, but that's how 
I got into real estate. Mm. I think you make such a good point because when, what I hear a lot is like, oh, I'm going to try this. And then if I don't like it, or if I don't think it's a good fit, I will get out. A lot of, a lot of people see, um, the agents, uh, doing so well on TV and they see that the hard work that goes behind the curtains that got people to get to that point, Mm -hmm. it might take so long, you know? So that is not shown on, on, on the TV for obvious reasons, but what you're saying is just, okay, I'm burning the bridge. Yep. You know, the boat or whatever the quote is. Burning something. Burning everything (laughs) behind. So I don't even look. And just, you know, and from, from the agents and investors that are listening to us, how did you apply your skills into real estate? The skills that you gain in corporate. That's an excellent, excellent. I love to tell this story. Okay. So, um, what I didn't tell you is we kind of moved out of Northern Virginia because it was so expensive and just so insane. Okay. Traffic, everything. So we moved to a secondary market, um, Winchester, Virginia, which is beautiful. And now it's becoming its own little metropolis. But anyway, um, so I landed here and, you know, the first day I'm, I'm like, you know, I got all new outfit, new laptop, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, now what? Now I got to make something happen. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I asked my broker for a mentor. I mean, they didn't give me one. I had to say, um, can I follow somebody around? Mm. So I followed this lady around who is a, now a friend of mine, of course. And, um, you know, I had my notebook and what she did well, I wrote it down. What she did bad, I wrote that down too. Well, one time we went to, and this is back in 2006, 2007. Um, we went to a house that had a big sign, Wells Fargo on the front, Wells Fargo foreclosure. So anyway, we went in, blah, blah, blah. We came back and on the way back, I said, you know what? How did that agent get that listing? And she goes, oh, Jen, you're cute. Are you, <laughs> you going to be a Wells Fargo agent? I'm like, well, why not? She goes, well, for one, you only have your license for two weeks. And, oh, you know, you got to know somebody and all that. So I thought, well, she's kind of small town and she's not, she's not an entrepreneur. You know, back then, because she was, all she did was complain about how great the money was before the crash. Okay. Ah. And God love her. I, I do like her. But that part was like, I knew that wasn't for me, the way she approached her business. Hmm. But anyway, I went back to my broker and I said, um, hey, um, do you know anything about becoming a Wells Fargo foreclosure listing agent? And likewise, she said, oh, Jan, you're so cute. (laughs) So I went home because I wanted to get out of there because I'm like, all these people are small town. Um, And I went home and researched and I prayed and I filled out the form. I found it. I filled out the form. It said, do not apply unless you have two years experience, right? Well, I thought, well, with all my sales experience, I was director of sales, VP of sales and marketing. I'm like, I have it. I'm overqualified. Yeah, I got this. Well, guess what? Two weeks later, when I have my license one month, I got an email. Mm. Congratulations. You're a Wells Fargo. Listen. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, so my God. That is how I, I, you know, that's the answer to your question. And that's how my, my career took off. I mean, just from there, just from, and when I went back, my mentor was pissed and jealous and, and my broker was like, yes, you know, and it literally kicked me off into wow. a wonderful career. I love to hear that because I recently came across a study that shows that 
women don't apply for any job or any position unless they are 100% qualified. On the other side, um, males will apply if they fit, if they, I think it's 60%, if I'm not mistaken, if they do that. And you dare to, to, to do it and back it up with your background. Yeah. Where, I'm curious to hear, where did you get that confidence from? Hmm. You know, it's very interesting um, that you asked that because I really do believe that, that it's a gift that, that I just had. Like when I was in high school, I was from a poor middle-class family. I mean, you know, we were, we were on the wrong side of the tracks kind of thing. Um, you know, with my father having an eighth grade education because he had to quit when the depression was. I mean, my, mm -hmm. my parents are deceased now. I was the baby of, um, of six kids. But anyway, so my parents were older. And so I just saw their kind of stance on life was like, like if you go to McDonald's and get cold fries, they would just sit there and complain about it and eat them. And I was like, well, why don't we go up and tell them we need more, you know, as a child, <laughs> right? So I kind of think, to be honest, it just, I was just born that way. But then also through the years, I've come to realize that any fear that I have, any hesitation that I have is shared by 100% of the people in the room to some degree. And so that's like a, it, it kind of clears the, the, um, the playing field. And, you know, um, so, so that's what I think. I think once we have that correct mindset and the realization that everybody feels this way, which is why I focus on women and what I do, because especially women are more collaborative and will like, like hug each other and be a support for each other and be kind of more vulnerable. And I think the more vulnerable we are and then everybody sees that they're not the only one, then everybody's confidence goes up. You're making actually a really great point um, around underselling versus overselling, I, you know, yourselves. In other words, most people either will undersell themselves or they're oversell themselves. And sometimes it's a gender thing. Sometimes it's just, a, it's a personality thing because that's, you know, a lot of my background. But I think as women, we, as a, again, completely general, completely like stereotypical, but we as a collective tend to undersell ourselves. Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the most limiting things to both of your points. And I remember I was in grad school and I got a job application to do consulting work. And it said, you need to have three to five years management consulting experience. Meanwhile, I was in grad school and I went straight on from college. I was like, yeah, I don't have that. So, but I'm like, I have other things. I'm going to sell my other things. And I, you know, I wrote that, I wrote it, you know, I wrote myself a little note. I said, well, you know, you'd be, it would be, you know, you would be honored to have me as part of your team. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. But I I'm going to do you a favor. And I don't really oversell myself, which is interesting. That's really not, actually not my personality, but I, I felt confident that I could, actually could do the work because of other experiences. So I took what I have done and related it to what they needed. And I think that's the learning for the ladies listening is, you know, as you're, as you're developing new areas, even if you're an experienced flipper and now you want to get into buy and hold or you have a ton of, you know, multifamily, but now you want to get into like an apartment building. We're always, we're always in this situation, whether we're new or experienced and it's that new thing that yeah. we're like, I don't know if I can do that. And you can have years of experience in investing and be doing very well or whatever and still have that feeling. And I think that's interesting and we have to keep an eye on, okay, what have I done and how do I apply it that's right. to what I want to do? You know, and I think that's really, really helpful to keep that in, in mind. Um, so you had a ton of marketing and sales experience. And I think that's just a, those are amazing kind of skills to have 
as obviously an agent that you have tremendous experience and obviously, you know, in our community as, as investors. So what would you say are the biggest mistakes, you know, and they, they're very different marketing and sales. So let's go with sales because I think that's something that most people think they don't often need to have, but really we all need to be good in sales. We all are a salesperson, whether it's yourself, whether you're selling and, you know, trying to get more private money, uh, a bank. I mean, if you're an active investor, you're always selling yourselves or your business. So what did you take from your corporate training? Because you actually train people how to be good in sales. So what would you say, especially for, for women in real estate, are like the biggest mistakes and then what do they need to do, you know, to be effective in sales, even if they don't see themselves as a quote unquote salesperson? Okay. Um, that's a really good question. Um, from the beginning, I would say my biggest mistake when I think about how I was when I graduated college and, and started sales, outside sales, um, and I was going to business you know, decision makers, was that I wanted to brag about my business. And I wanted to brag about the, oh, look what it does. And, you know, like without even knowing where they were or whatever. And, and after a while, I figured out that it's not about me. Mm. You're a salesperson. It's totally not about you. I go back to Mary Kay Ash and I don't wear Mary Kay makeup, never did, but I respect it. She makes sure that everyone, or she, when she did, was alive, she made sure everybody she came in contact felt like the most important person. Somehow through the training I got, and then my own brain finally clicked, I had an intake form. And to this day, I have an intake form that I provide to all my agent clients. And, you know, for me as a, as a real estate coach um, for women agents, I ask questions. And I think that, you know, if you are an investor trying to find investment money, you know, seek out information about whoever you're going to approach, because maybe they're not about, maybe they were a single mom and they would love to give money to, better to a single mom than they would, you know, married couple. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you try to get in the mind of the person that you're trying to get what you're saying and either buy from you or do something for you then that's the key. That's where it starts. Just being very consultative for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. asking questions, keeping the focus on them because too many salespeople keep the focus on them, you know, me focused. And then they come across as salesy and what a pain in the butt and all of that. Whereas if you keep your eye on them, then you, you're seen as valuable. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. So I did door to door sales, right? So, uh -huh. and, and I always say that, I did it because I wanted to gain the skills not to become one. And I remember vividly, I, I did a business to business to business for Verizon. And majority of the time, you're just trying to figure out who is the decision maker there. So you don't waste your time. And exactly what you're saying, making everything about them. And I remember once we got into this conversation and blah, 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 10 minutes later, the guy was like, hold on, but uh, what exactly are you here for? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I was like, oh, I'm here representing Verizon. We need to make sure you have everything updated. Oh, just a second. I'm going to grab everything for you. I didn't have to go to my, even like my pitch or anything like that because the report was built. I believe everything can be applied for agents that are uh, looking to buy a house for new 
uh, new buyers or agents that are looking to work with investors. Right. I always get that approach and they are talking about themselves. It's kind of like turn me off. I really could care less about certain things that you have done, but what, what, what are they asking about me, my business, my needs? And you, you can build a very strong relationship. Liz and I had an experience where we interview several agents for a project of us. And the person who we hired ended up being somebody that made that extra connection with us. Yes. And it's really about the experience, right? Yeah. It's what I tell my clients and what I told my team when I had a team and what I did when I would go in on a listing appointment, for example, is from the minute I walked in, I had a little gift for them and I would make it an experience with me such that if they had interviewed people before me, this would be something different. And if I was the first one in, everybody else would look lackluster because of the experience and the focus on them. So I'm all about the experience and yeah. And coupling that with the focus on them. So, yeah. I had a, and I had done a lot of consulting as well. So, um, I had a lot of experience. It was consultative sales. So I had a, what I was, you know, offering companies I was selling as well, you know, and then I would actually perform it. And I asked, once asked um, one of my clients, new clients, and it was a big client for me. It was one of the biggest at the point in my kind of career and doing that management consulting. And I said, why did you end up going with us? We're a small company. I'm just curious. Yeah. I really am curious. What, what, what made you come, you know, you know work with us or, or sign the agreement with us? And, and I remember him saying, I'll never forget, I don't remember a lot, especially with two kids. I don't remember what I did yesterday, but I remember this so vividly. He said, it wasn't what you said to me. It was the questions you asked me. And that, that differentiated you from everyone else. And I was like, and I'll, that, that, that was probably 10 years ago. He said that to me. And I remember exactly where he was sitting. I know, remember how he said it. And I'm like, that's powerful. So as salespeople, it's not what you say to people. It's actually... The questions you ask people about okay. themselves, where they're headed, what their goals are. People want to feel connected. They want to feel important. You know, they don't want to be sold to, but we all want to buy, you know, as they say. Yeah. So, That's awesome. yeah, I just remember him saying that. And, and um, I remember doing a lot of uh, sales training in my tenure. And I used to ask the question, help me understand and then yeah. fill in the blank. So help me understand where your, you know, That's your great. goals are. Or yeah. share with me. So those that are can be, skills I did. I use right. a lot. And that can be applied, for example, wholesalers that are looking to get a property on their contract. Yeah. Or, or you're interviewing an agent or interviewing another investor, private money. Help me to understand where you're at and where you want to go and how can we collaborate to fill the blank. Yeah. It's in, a soft way to ask the question or whatever yeah. questions you're asking, right? Yep. That's awesome. Um, so from that point where you decided to get your license to now, the amount of sales that you did last year, it's a big, it's a big jump. And, and you have a brilliant career because you're not just doing for yourself. You're spreading your wisdom to other ladies. When did you make that choice to become a coach or to just focus on the growth of other people? Well, that's an interesting question too. I, um, I like to keep things moving. And so remember how I told you when I had my son, um, well, I was from Philadelphia area 
a Philly suburb, King of Prussia, if you know where that is. Yeah. And, and my husband was in, you know, DC, Northern, Northern Virginia near DC. And so when I moved to be with him and I got sticker shock, mm-hmm. um, you know, I stayed, I was a stay at home, but I thought, you know what? I went and got my ICF certification and became an, a woman's entrepreneur coach. So I wasn't just helping agents because I hadn't been an agent. I was helping every woman, you know, sell their, you know, everybody that is an entrepreneur is good at what they do, but they don't know how to get clients. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I was. I was an, um, a woman's coach. Um, so I had the, the, the certification international coach federation as a certified coach. So when we moved to that secondary market, Winchester, and my husband said, Jan, I think now's your time to become, you know, an agent. Um, I always thought in the back of my mind, because of my corporate experience and because I was ICF certified, I'm like, I want to give back. And so what I thought I was doing was doing that by growing my team. And, you know, so we had a bunch of women on the team. So I actually did do that through coaching and mentoring and things to the women on my team, such that they always became rookie of the year, which I'm very proud of. So my, my 50th birthday party, my daughter told me that night, mom, I'm pregnant. And she lived in Richmond and I was two and a half hours, two hours and 15 minutes away. Okay. And I thought I never had grandparents because my parents were so old. My grandparents were deceased before I was five. So I never knew them. Right. Wow. And I thought my life lacked because I didn't have grandparents. So that night mm. I had a few too many, but the next day I said, <laughs> honey, um, we're moving to Richmond as soon as our baby graduates high school. Are we, are wow. we cool with that? He goes, yeah, but how are you going to make money? Are you going to be an agent there? I said, no, I think, I think I'm going to launch the coaching. So right then I talked to my twin sister, Judy, who was, uh, she was an attorney and an agent in Philly and boom, we started coaching. Um, and we coached for a year and a half before I sold my business last June to dive in full time with her. So that's how it all transpired. Wow. (laughs) And all these pivots, I mean, you've made a lot of pivots in your, your, your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you said something really powerful, I think, for a lot of people, regardless of the focus that people have. You said the success I attained, you know, even early on, proved to me the power of positivity, persistence, and working the plan. You know, and, and as they say, the best advice is simple. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's just not always done. I mean, really, things are simple, but we don't always do the simple it's complicated, yep. So- that sounds like you did that on each of your pivots. And I always like to say it was like a pivot, you know, and uh, we're all kind of experiencing that in our own lives. You know, we could, we could look back and go, oh, okay, I pivoted. So what for you propelled you, you know, to give you that confidence to, to again, try something new, to pivot? Well, to I'm not afraid in. to fail. I'm not afraid to fail. Like at my age, family is, is key because you don't know how long you have. And so I would be remiss, like, you know, I made a ton of money back as, you know, I was number one in the market and people were like, you know, when I started telling people, they're like, yeah, you crazy. Are you insane? You're giving up all this money. I said, wait, it's not about money, you know? And um, by the way, I did sell my team for six figures. So there you go. um, So I can teach people how to do that. But um, for me, it was that I'm not afraid to fail. Just like this conference we're doing. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm going big, and, and as far as why I had the confidence is exactly that. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm just not. And, you know, because I, I look at it from a long-term perspective. If whatever I do doesn't work, 
who's going to remember that? You know, it's like, like, I don't want to live my life with regret. And I don't because I just do things. Even if I fail, I don't care. Hmm. I hear yeah. you. That so might be a boring answer, but that's, no, that's great. Yeah. It's yeah. For the ladies that are listening to us, they're either um, brand new investor or somebody that it is an agent or a mix. A lot of the ladies that are investors do have their, their license and work either full-time or part-time. They are in this beginning stage and the journey seems very, very long, far away. The mountain seems like very, very complicated. And they have that fear of not working out. What would you say are their next steps to overcome those concerns that they have now? That's a great, 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 great question. Um, I would say, without a doubt, prioritize and don't overwhelm yourself. Because what people do, especially agents, because, I mean, really in anything, investing, it doesn't matter. When you're, when you're, when you're what I like to think of as an infant, you know, brand new in it, Everything looks surmountable. Think about a perspective of a one-year-old child and what we know, you know, at our age. Of course, it's a lot. So why do you expect that you're going to know everything overnight? And then they pile things on. And next thing you know, they're overwhelmed and they're done. So mm -hmm. my thing when I work with clients and what, you know, when I had a team and I would talk to agents and even like as you talk to your investors that are starting out, I would just encourage them to, you know, think about what's important to them and prioritize. What is their vision? What is their vision um, from here to next year, meaning like when an agent says to me, um, I had three deals last year and I want to have 53 this year. That's not realistic. Look, I'll help you try to get there, but that's a lot. And unless you're going to sacrifice all of your other areas of your life and focus just on business, that's not going to happen. So I always like to help people set realistic goals, you know, stretch of course, but what's, what's most important by this time next year, if you have this, you'll be, you know, feeling like you've accomplished something because you can't compare yourself at this level to somebody at this level because you're going to set yourself up for failure. And isn't that like the worst for all of us? Like we, it's just, especially with social media, Facebook and, you know, people say it's, you know, fake book because it's, you yeah. know, it's not that it's fake, but it's, we, we don't really talk about the stuff that's not working. You know, we, yeah. we celebrate things, anything that's, right. and, and it should be that way, right? It'd be kind of depressing to go on yeah. Facebook and read a bunch of like yeah. all this, like, you know, complaining, but it's so interesting you're saying that because I feel like we don't ask that question enough. Like what's, what's most important and then what's going to lead me toward my vision and, how do I make it happen? Prioritize and, and the reason we don't do it is exactly what you just said, because we, more, we worry more about what other people are going to think of us than what we think of ourselves. And then we end up hating ourselves. So many of my clients, we do a life assessment survey in the beginning, mm -hmm. and we realize that they don't say they hate themselves, but I can see that they hate themselves on the <laughs> paper, you know, because yeah. they're mad that they didn't do this or they're, they live their life in regret. And so that's why it's time to simplify. Um, every year I have a word, my year this year, my word this year, simplify. Because even I fall into the trap of, oh, let me do a million things. No, it's too confusing for not only myself, but for my husband, my family, you know, yeah. just simplify. I love that. Yeah, love it's that. funny that you're mentioning that because we have a mastermind group that we run for a couple of years. And there was a common theme at the end of the year that everybody was simplifying things. Yeah. I think when you get to that realization that, okay, you, you probably have millions of other ideas and projects, 
but what is really in front of you right now and how can you simplify that not make it too complicated otherwise it's just like a never ending to-do list and so you won't feel that you're accomplishing much yeah so in terms of I uh, on the questionnaire you said that you are extremely good at blocking time Mm -hmm. is that how you used to prioritize things yeah I have to I have to because there's only so much time in a day and if I don't have time to time block it then I just tell Judy, my twin sister and business partner, that ain't happening. And she doesn't like it, but, I, but now <laughs> she, she just told me this morning, I asked her to do something and she's like, sorry, it won't fit in my time block. And I'm like, there all right. Go. There you go. Hey, let's hold each other accountable. Jan, for the ladies listening, explain how you define time blocking. And then if you can explain your process in doing it. So what okay. is it? And then how do you actually do it for yourself? Okay. If you don't mind. So, of course, in my training in corporate and beyond, because I have a coach and I'm in a mastermind, um, I learned that if you don't put it on your calendar, it's not going to happen. So what I used to have was to-do lists. And my to-do list was like, you know, three pages long. And then you're like, dang, where do I even start, right? Especially as I'm speaking, like, as in this new coaching business. So um, what... What I do now is I set up 45 minute blocks because of time, because I know that 45 minutes is supposedly the magic number. Okay. So that if you were to say from 12 to 1245, I'm going to hit this, whatever this is, and you turn off notifications, notifications and emails are your, are your enemy ladies to time management, turn them off. Okay. I close my laptop. I turn my notifications off my phone. And then uh, I just, I'm focused on that thing for 45 minutes. After that, your brain, you know, so then I, I, I set my, my phone for 45 minutes. I actually set my phone for 45 minutes. When it goes off, I'm done. I hit save. I do whatever, you know, even if I'm not done at that point, I get up like on these last beautiful days we've been having in Virginia, go for a walk, get away from it. Because if you pound, 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 you're going you're gonna to have a nervous breakdown. You know, you got to have that time. So basically, um, I have five time blocks of 45 minutes per day. And I decide what I'm going to put in there because I have to have reserve other time for the fill-in of the stuff that you don't expect, like a issue my laptop ain't working or God knows what, what could happen, you know, mm-hmm. or some emergency. As entrepreneurs, we have emergencies that come up. And so I'm not, like I have set times in my calendar but I'm not scared if I'm supposed to do something from 11 to 11.45 and I get a customer call or something, I'll just move that time. So I'm not, so I think what happens is sometimes ladies get to, oh, see, there we go again. I thought I'd do this time blocking thing, but now <laughs> no. Right, right. Self-tabotage, throw right? my day off. Now I can't. Yeah, I'm done, you know. But so you have to be flexible, but I've found that five 45-minute blocks works well for me. Mm. And do you use Google Calendar or any other apps or or Yeah, I use Team Up Calendar. It's called teamup.com, which looks exactly like the Google Calendar, but it allows me and my twin sister and our director of marketing to know where each other are. And you know, I have it on my phone, you know. So it's probably just like Google. I just found mm-hmm. it when I was an agent and had a team. That's great. That's great. That's awesome. And I, I love that idea of being scheduled, but flexible because it is, it's like, right. you have to be mindful of like all the things that are going to happen, but be proactive too. Yeah. So. And then one last thing is I read a book from a lady in Philly who I can't remember her name, but she's a big wig. If you 
Google Time Management Philadelphia, you'll probably find her. But her book um, was about scheduling your priority for the week as opposed to the day. Because some days, you know, like one time I flushed my toilet in the morning and my husband wasn't around and I didn't know how to stop the toilet. And, you know, so it took, you know, I don't know, only 10 minutes till my husband walked in the door and he was freaking mad at me because of course we had a flood. Okay. Um, he's like, Jan, I always showed you how to do that. You know? And he's a really sweet guy. But I mean, you know, when he came home and saw the hell that was there, that whole day was done. Okay. There was no work done that day. I was so, I still have PTSD every time I flush a toilet. <laughs> But I'm just saying like, so, but if you look at something like, what do I want to get done in this week? You're good. If you, if you look at everything as a day, it's just not going to be a good, you're not setting yeah. yourself up to win. That yeah. makes total sense because then if something happened with your toilet today, you can kind of shift the other things around for the, the rest of the week. Otherwise, it's just a frustration from beginning to end every single day. I love that. I'm going to hunt that woman list. Yeah, over here. I love so, that. We need to have yeah. her on the show. Yeah, yeah and, Laura, I think her name's Laura. If I, if I, I'll try to get it to you. Awesome. And, and I also like the idea. I've been told this, and maybe it's just my own personality, but to be kind to yourself, you know, as you're restructuring things. And I know for myself, I'll put stuff on the calendar and be like, I'm going to get these 15 things done. And then I get like three of them done. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh shit, I got 13 more to go. But right. I'm like, I have to, and then I start getting into that monkey mind of like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just not getting enough done. I don't have enough time and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Versus like, I got three things done and just being kind to ourselves. And I think as women, we have to continually be reminded to be kind Absolutely. to ourselves, not so much to others. We do that really yeah. easily. That's not <laughs> what we need help with. We need to yeah. be kind to ourselves. So, right. so on that note, it's actually a perfect sub segue. I didn't even plan this. But Jen, tell us more about how ladies can learn more about you and also the amazing conference you have uh, coming up. Okay. So um, let's just see. Let's say how to get in touch with me. We are on Instagram at Livy Girls, L-I-V-Y-G-I-R-L-S. So at Livy Girls on Instagram. Um, all your ladies are welcome to join our women community of over 25,000 like-minded women in real estate. No matter what you do in real estate, it's called Girls Guide to Outrageous Real Estate Success. Girls Guide to Outrageous Real Estate Success. And then um, friend me on um, Jan Copeland on Facebook. I would love to connect with your, your um, viewers or your listeners. And then about the conference, basically, you may have heard, um, take the online offline. And so in that community of Girls Guide, where some of them are our clients, some of them don't, aren't our clients, but we still help them anyway. It's, it's the community. It's the sisterhood camaraderie, right? Um, we go live and do free trainings and everything. Well, a lot of them said, gosh, we want to meet you and let's get together. And so we're like, Judy and I were like, hmm, you know what? Let's do it. Let's roll out the pink carpet. Let's make everything girly and blingy because before we started our business, because no other coach that we're aware of focuses specifically on women agents, um, we said, let's just really research how do women like to learn? What's the best environment in which to learn? And so we are taking all that research and we're throwing it into this conference so that, so that it is the best experience, number one, and environment to, work, to learn in. Um, and then we have, we, we curate, and that's my new favorite word, we put together curated um, 20 plus of the real estate industry influencers like Dottie Herman, 
who is the CEO of Douglas Elliman and the um, Forbes named her as the richest self-made woman. That's the most important thing, self-made. And her story from rags to riches is freaking amazing. Um, and then, you know, we want to throw in some star factor. So we got um, Tracy Tudor from Bravo's Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles. And we just two days ago confirmed Anna Kalinsky from Bravo's Buying It Blind. So she'll be there too. She has an, all these women are amazing. And then in addition to that, we got top agents who are making upwards of 500,000 into the seven figures. Okay. Annually that are all heartfelt willing to spill their secrets because we had one speaker who we said, you have to give me and, and not just give like a webinar fluff. She said, I'm out. And of course I'm not going to tell you who it was, but I thought, Hmm, interesting. Right. <laughs> but everybody there is going to be sharing from their hearts, spilling secrets. And then lastly, subject matter experts. We have a Pinterest woman who, if you know, Pinterest is the third largest search engine, right? It's Google, YouTube, Pinterest. How many agents or investors are on Pinterest? Hello, that's where women are. And so, you know, she's going to be there. We have somebody that um, gets half her business from, um, from YouTubes. And we also have a YouTuber, a Facebook, and an Instagram expert that are subject matter experts that are going to be speaking from the main stage, sharing with us finally their secrets. Mm -hmm. So it's to me, it's like everything in one. We have cocktail reception, we have fun, we have shopping. So we, we've thrown everything, it, just a two day experience that will be life changing is, is what our goal is. And we know that that will happen. And where ladies can, can get the tickets? Okay, thank you. So if you go to she's unstoppable live.com, everything you need to know, we blocked out room rates, everything. So it's she's unstoppable live.com. And we have a um, a special kind of like offering for the for the you know lady investors our our community investor community here. So we'll put that link and all that good stuff awesome. in the show notes for everyone. Awesome. Thank you. We'd love Thank to see everybody. We're gonna have. We're not gonna stop till we have at least five hundred, but capacity is seven hundred right now. We're go. just over three hundred, so we are on our way. There you go. And all that information you will find on our show notes, all the links. So don't rush to get a pen and paper right now. Take it easy. So our next segment is our fabulous three questions. Are you ready, Jen? I'm ready. All right. The first question is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Well, I'd have to say the Bible is my most transformational book because it totally transformed my life when I turned 29. Wow. Yeah, cool. completely. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? What's the one thing that I do to create a financially free and balanced life? I keep my focus where I, where I say, and it's on, it's really on family, honestly. And I have, I'm big on affirmations. So I, I have affirmations morning and night and I write them everywhere. So they're on my bathroom wall in my car. Yeah. Awesome. They're on my phone, voice notes, affirmations. <laughs> oh, there you go. The last question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Women have inspired me in different ways. I have so many. I know it's, it's weird that I can't think of one. I can't think of the names or anything. I mean, when I was in corporate, when I was young, there was a woman who um, was my VP. And she was my height, which at 5'11", you don't see too many of them. <laughs> and, um, but she was, she was tough. 
and she called me into her office. Remember, I was in outside sales. Then they were grooming me to be an area VP, a regional VP. And so they put me in marketing as a product manager, and she was my VP of marketing. And so she calls me, you know, back when landline phones, you know, in corporate. Hey, Jan, can you come see me? So, of course, I get up, go to her office. Yes. She goes, you're not prepared. I looked. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, what if I, and I didn't have my phone. Like nowadays we carry our phones with us. I could have said, oh, my notes here, but no, I didn't even have that. I just walked my physical body in mm-hmm. and uh, she goes, don't ever come in here without a pen and paper, get out of here. And of course I was mortified and pissed. I was pissed and mortified, but guess what? If I look back, she taught me to be bright, be brief, be gone. And she, she taught me, she honed my professional skills. So I'll say Melanie Vandervoch, and she's still in corporate. She's still in the telecom industry. I'll say she's my number one. Yeah. Wow. And she was also a great mom. So. Aww, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Jan, thank you so much for being on our show. You um, love your, your background, your great tips and, and just what you're up to with, with supporting women in real estate and just amazing stuff. We're super excited to actually be there. Andres and I will be there doing a little little uh, talk on investing and all that good stuff. So we're really honored to be part of your weekend and we're excited to you know get the word out because it just sounds like an amazing experience. So thanks again for being on our show. And ladies, have a great thank day. You. Thank you. See you at the conference. Okay, bye. bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, Go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.